Smoots Moots Beer Podcast. This sounds a lot like the one that we did last week, probably. That's because we're recording an intro for some B-sides. <laughs> the deep tracks. That is Ben Perry. I am Brad Barmore. We're on a little bit of a hiatus here, folks. A couple of weeks. Just taking a little time for ourselves. Time for the mind, the body, and the soul. Yeah. Trying like, to get my mind and body into a Kia Soul. I'm going to get a Shiatsu massage, maybe. <laughs> maybe some acupuncture or pressure. Mm, yeah, the old reflexology, perhaps. There we go. In any case, uh, for those of you that may not know, we do a, a weekly segment on a uh, the local FM classic rock station, 97.7 The River. Classic rock for the North Bay. The Danny Wright Show. Yeah, every Friday morning you can tune in and check that out. Uh, we do a segment called Beer 30. During the football season, we do some football picks, talk a lot of smack about football. It's a fun time for us. Um, but year-round, we do these uh, beer reviews. Uh, it's a good time for Ben and I. Um, and we wanted to make sure that we stay connected with you guys uh, who are... Our loyal listeners. Tuning in regularly, which we appreciate. Uh, so we're just going to release some of these guys that we've... Uh, some of them have been on the radio, some of them not. Uh, but we just, you know, it's just some of our uh, beers that we've tasted. And even it's some of the stuff that we've even... I, maybe you've even had on the show, but the discussion about the beers are a little bit different when you add a third person in. So we just thought they were fun. Just thought it was a little opportunity. They're not particularly long. They're five, six minutes at a time. Uh, and so we just wanted to give you guys the opportunity to tune in and check it out. Well, Ben and I recharged our batteries. We'll have some uh, new content coming out. Of course, we're going to do draft night, draft night. Uh, if that may have already passed as we did this. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, go back and check it out. Or if it hasn't happened yet, make sure you tune <laughs> in when it comes. <laughs> in any case, we got some of that coming up right, right around May or June. We'll be popping out some new content uh, that we'll actually be recording. That's stuff that we're not reaching into the vault for. Uh, we appreciate your listenage. And, uh, and if you guys, I'm going to be like Eddie Murphy in Beverly Hills Cop. Every time you no, not like oh, that. Sorry. Every time you ask me a question about the podcast, I'm gonna look. At, I'm on vacation. I'm on vacation. I'm not even supposed to be here today. That's clerks. There we go. That's clerks. Anyway, check us out on all the social medias, guys. You can get the updates as to when or where we'll be back, where we'll be popping up, what we'll be putting out. That sports meats like the protein uh, beer at gmail.com on the old email you can check us out on instagram twitter and facebook at the same handle sports meets beer again i am brad that is ben enjoy listening to these everyone look at your uh, clocks and your watches your phones synchronize what time is it it's beer 30 let me, <laughs> let me just check my pocket watch yes. <laughs> get your monocle on first <laughs> of course obviously um, Brad and Ben from Sports Meets Beer in the studio, and that's what we do Fridays at this time. We have Beer 30. Their podcast is on Google Play and iTunes, and you can find them on Facebook and Twitter. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hi, Danny. What do we got here today? Danny, hello. Hello. Uh, so I brought in some stuff today. I, I, this is from Cali Craft, which is a brewery out of Walnut Creek. Um, Dub C. Yeah, Dub C. <laughs> Uh, you've seen them on the shelf. They do the Berserkly, which is a champagne yeast ale. They do the, uh, they have a Kolsch that's out that's really. It's the Cali Kolsch is their best well-known beer. I think I've had that one, but what did you say? Champagne yeast, yeast. yeast Yeah, it's ale? an ale that they made with champagne yeast. It's called Berserkly. It's cool. I'm, I'm cool. curious. I'm hecka curious about that one. Hey, hecka. Hashtag it. Uh, so this brewery, uh, we had a uh, we had a chance a few years ago to take um some of our general managers from the company down to do some beer 
uh, tasting just a day to kind of get away, do a little retreat. And this was one of the breweries we went to. And I have to tell you that um, it was probably the best like tap room experience that we had had. Um, it was, they had this cool wall that they call the scratch and sniff wall. And it's like all these uh, barrel staves, like Zin barrels and rum barrels and whiskey barrels and Sauvignon Blanc barrels and all, just all kinds of stuff. And you could literally go over and you could kind of smell these things. It's all stuff that they've used in making beer. And they, the guy, his name's Blaine. He is the head brewer and he, he went to Berkeley and we just kind of experimented with a lot of stuff brewing in his dorm room of all things. Um, so they do some Seems really, sanitary. yeah, they do some really <laughs> experimental type stuff. Um, some of it, we, some of it I didn't like, some of it I did. Uh, they, I, I will say this, they converted a lot of our general managers who were not sour drinkers into oh. sour drinkers. Um, just by virtue of just going through this whole thing, he was pulling stuff out of like unmarked bottles out of the fridges and stuff. And you know, it's funny about sours, not to get off a tangent, but I feel like people that are anti-sour, if they have like a hand-holding experience like that, where mm -hmm. someone can walk them through and explain the process because sour mm -hmm. is ultimately you know complex as it is, and it's you know it's much too think about you know think about 1985, right? Everyone's having pizza at Shakey's across the street. They don't understand what an IPA is, but if someone explained it to them at the time, they would ac accept a little bit more. And I feel like sours are the same thing. People just need a little bit more explanation and a little more. You need to be very careful of what you select into a sour. Right. What and I needed I, was someone to tell me that this is a sour. That it's supposed to taste like that. <laughs> yeah. The first one <laughs> I ever had, I had no idea. The beer is going And you ahead. had it, and we're all yeah. like. <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's the thing is that if you don't tell someone what to expect, and sometimes right. a name doesn't always do it justice. Yeah. Right? Like something says guava trees, and I don't taste guava trees. I taste poop. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's one of those things where, yeah, you need someone to kind of do a walk, like you know, yeah, you can tell someone how to swing dance, but until you actually walk through it and show them how to do it, so true. Boom. So yeah. Times I swung dance before. Swung dance. Swing. Swinging. Swang, dance? Swang dance. Swang dance. Yeah. Uh, swag dance is a little different. <laughs> yeah. That, that is definitely different. Anyway, uh, so, continue. so <laughs> I on. just randomly, randomly, I Blaine came through one of the restaurants uh, yesterday and. We got to talking about some of the new stuff that he was doing, and um, he said, hey, I got a couple of growlers of these things that we've only been pouring in the uh, tap room. We haven't released them yet. They're going to be uh, put in cans in a couple of weeks, and you'll start to see them out on the shelves. Uh, so it's a couple of things that we've got here. We've got um, guava trees, and then we've got another one. Uh, Rosé ale. Rosé ale. So this guava trees is the one we have in the cup in front of us, um, and it is a, an ale that they make using a rosé yeast. Uh, and in a 750-gallon batch, they used 450 pounds of guava puree and 150 pounds of uh, Pinot Grigio grape, like, pulp. Um, and so uh, the first thing that we all kind of noticed was the nose on this. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, guava, just to, before we go into, like, the real nitty-gritty about what we said about it, <laughs> guava and papaya and a lot of this sort of tropical fruit ha can have some funk in it. And the yeast isn't really helping. Especially when it sits for any amount of time, a little bit of like secondary fermentation can happen and it just goes funky at an at accelerated speed. So just sitting there, like just, you know, a fresh, fresh juice, things like that are different. But once you get a, like a pulp yeah. and it sits and it does a little, I mean, not that it's a bad thing. It just has a different flavor or a different uh, aromatic component to it entirely. And that's exactly what I picked up when I first tried this. So the nose on this, uh, a lot of times you'll hear people say that Sauvignon Blancs have a sort of a sort of cat urine note to it. This reminds me a lot of that. Uh, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> mm. 
the descriptor that I gave Keep was selling. Probably, the descriptor <laughs> that I gave was probably a little bit more graphic uh, before. Um, but more graphic it, than cat pee. There, mm-hmm. I said urine. Thank urine. you. Uh, but there. <laughs> Urine. What I actually said was that it smelled like uh, the pooper scooper you use for the dog after the poop is dried on it. That's what he said. That is that's, what I said. That's factual. Yeah. Uh, you maybe make, make a note. I don't know if you want that on the radio or not. Yeah. <laughs> it might come out and post. See what happens. Uh, so that's, that's the first thing. The guava is definitely there, but the yeast is not doing it any favors in the nose, I don't think. Um, but then you get into the mouthfeel and the flavor on this, and I don't pick up on that same funk No. in the mouth at all. No. No, oh. but the you know the, I, I I have a hard time. To me, the biggest hurdle in this beer is the is the rosé yeast. Um, I I really like once you get the guava part of it in, uh, then you go over. Then that yeast is a really really big hurdle for your palate to overcome. It's uh, it's super strong. Once you once you drink the mouthfeel finish part of it, um, you know it, it feels light and and effervescent at that point. But it's it, it's a strong flavor, and then it just kind of like rolls into the finish. Um, and it's kind of, it's, if you don't explain that to somebody, like we talked about with the sour and everything yeah. else, it's, it, be, it could be considered clumsy and, and muddled, but it's, it's a big, this is a big flavor for a lighter beer. Knowing what I know about this beer too, I can tell you that in the finish, there really is like a dry, almost, uh, acidic or mineral Pinot Grigio finish in it. Like you can pick up a lot of what you get in some of the, like the, uh, Pinot 97.7 The River. It's beer 30 with the Danny Wright Show. All right, Brad and Ben from Sports yeah. Meets Beer are uh, in the studio, and of course, you can find their podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. Welcome back, guys! You brought beer, yay, yay! Thanks for having us, Danny. So, uh, what do we have here today? I uh, stopped up in Healdsburg, uh, this small brewery called Bay Republic. Very cool. May or may not have heard of them before. Uh, known for obviously their Racer Five. Yep. Red Rocket, things like that. Um, you know, it's it's time. great to always get fresh draft which, beer, uh, which is interesting. especially from a growler. Um, it's just a good, clean, complex, pure form of, of, uh, of beer. It's how it's intended, how the brewer's intended it to be. It's the closest thing you're going to get to have a beer at home. It's Today, sort of we've got from Bear Republic uh, their uh, Hop Shovel. Not, hop not Shovel. Exactly, but sort of like I'm going to shovel this into my mouth. Sparkling <laughs> waters that are alcoholic now that are out. That's what she said. So they have different flavor. Like um, so if we go through the uh, the, the tasting notes uh, like we've done before, um, you know, the AATMF, you know, the aroma of this thing, you definitely get those real bright, piney hops. That's kind of what it reminds me of. You know, a name like this, you definitely expect it to deliver. It's more on that bitterness, those, but, and, and you just you can really draw it in. You can I, put your nose right in the glass and smell it. it. You can really get those hops, and so your, your palate's already ready for to sure. taste you know I mean? that bitterness. And I think taste you know that. the the, um, the nice thing though is that, uh, part, is that you know the appearance of this thing is is really nice, almost gold color, really. Um, I mean, so there's not actually, much of a head, and I don't know if that's that the vessel we're drinking out of, but you know, really off white colored foam on this. Really nice, really appealing. Um, you know, everyone complains like uh, real quick. Beer guy note: everyone complains about foam in their beer at, than that, and at bars or, or taverns or what have you. Give me a full one. Like yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, you know, the, the, that foam is is intended to retain the the aroma, hold that smell in there. It is, you know, carbonation is a byproduct, a natural byproduct of the brewing process. But, but it's good to have it in there for a number of reasons. If, if there's cool. no head at all, then you lose a lot of the aroma quickly. Um, uh, the, it, it also the, could be speaking to the cleanliness it's of the glass hard at the establishment. So when I take a whiff of this, I get a lot of the pine, but also there's like a really subtle like tropical fruit or like prickly pear. I mean, I really, when we first poured this, I really took like five or six big whiffs to really try and get a sense of it. And there is like a lot of subtlety in the nose. This whole time I thought you were just smelling me. Yeah, I definitely, just tasting it, now that you said the fruit, that's 
what I that's what I got. Do you know of a specific fruit that this is, or is it just like a flavor? Uh, well, generally, um, there's a lot of different hops that can can get that okay. that tropical flavor out of it. Generally, the most commonly used one right now is citra hop, and that one is it just gives you exactly what it delivers. It's a citrus smelling. You know, you can pair with some other hops and some other pairings. You know, within the brew process, that can bring different notes out of it. Ultimately, that's what you're getting out of this. This this beer. But I find like the citra hop is everywhere right now. For, yes. Everybody's using it. But I, I think this is a pretty deft hand with this. There's a lot. There's some subtlety to it. <laughs> you know what, though? But I don't find really, it to be, I mean, you know, I don't find you, it to be the same that, you know, that's layer of, that, or the same know, levels that, of flavor that you get in so many of these citra hop beers. I think there's a lot of complexity to this, which is good. Right now. Subtle. Muddling with each other. Same time, it's complex, meaning that, you know, you just get a little bit of that flavor and it draws you in, but it's not overwhelming. You know, this isn't the fruit beers from the early 90s where it just wrecked your palate. Yeah. Uh, with apricot yeah. or with blackberry or whatever uh, the flavor they use. Yeah, right. Do you mean Bartles and James? <laughs> no, sir. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, you know... Citra time, Hop right now is much like it was two years ago with the... Uh, you know, the, the it was like the Cascade and the Simcoe. It's kind of everywhere. It's one of those things that yeah. became <laughs> just a very popular style. It's, too many you know, hops in it's what's in the band. It's what's there. So that's what the hop growers uh, are growing. So thumbs up, you know, thumbs down, guys. Where, on the what? Bear Republic yeah, hop oh. shovel. Well, I'm giving this a thumbs up, and, and part of the reason is, to my knowledge, this isn't uh, available in bottles. But no, it's one, you know, the, 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 the way you're the store. Oh, wow. This is a, a draft only slow. feature at, okay. the, at the restaurant, which um, right off the square in Hillsburg, if you haven't been there, you should check it out. But they have a, a couple different offerings um, that are available only there. And that's really the appeal of going to, just like we said with Lagunitas a couple episodes ago, there's really some things you're never going to see on the store shelf that will be as fresh as can be. I'm going thumbs up. From the nose to the end, there's a lot of, um, as to use Ben's term, subtle complexity here. It's an easy drinker. It's the right amount of bitterness in the finish. Um, I love the way it smells. I love the nose on it. Um, and I, I, did we say what the ABV or what the... 7.5. 7.5. It doesn't drink like a 7.5. No, it doesn't have that thick resiny mouthfeel to it. I think I, I, This is a thumbs way up for me. I think it's great. Yeah, as I continue with your help, actually, to learn more about the beers, I when I heard hop immediately, I was like, oh, okay, well, we'll see if I like this one because traditionally I've not been uh, big on the hop, but this one is delicious. I really like it. So thumbs up. Yeah, you know, and I, I agree totally with your with the hop struggle. But, yeah, you know, it's one of those things where I'm not initially people didn't care for an overwhelming hop profile. And as time goes on, I think brewers have really perfected the balance and the art of it because before it's just it was such an extreme. It was either like you're drinking Coors Light or you're drinking this, you know, triple beer that's just going to knock you down after one. And there's really such a good gambit between the two that there's any type of flavor. Uh, and any type the of bitterness you can find the no, in these beers now, they just have the really, really sophisticated uh, uh, tastes and, and profiles. Ones, you know, all right, so thumbs up all the way around for uh, Bear Republic Hop Shovel. You can find their podcast, Sports Meets Beer, on Facebook, Twitter, Stitcher, everywhere that the internet, iTunes, wherever the internet lives, you can find their podcast. Brad and Ben from Sports Meets Beer, thanks for being back, guys. Thanks for having us. So Lucky's, Rayleigh's, Albertson, Safeway, all those, they report all that information. And in doing so, they were, we, can, we have access, we have line of sight in the industry to dollars spent, uh, not necessarily on, on, you have your own specific, but you can see dollars in categories, right? Mm -hmm. Craft category, import category, domestic category. Um, and what they do is they can trend and say, okay, look, craft dollar share is this much, import dollar share is this much. And then you can say, look, last year we did X amount of dollars in sales, which equates to so many units. Um, and then this year, it's they basically everything is versus prior year. 
So anytime you have a, like a scalable number, you're looking against what you did last year. So in this case, like right now, uh, craft beer sales are down. It's a number of factors. So the, I mean, to, not to get too detailed into it, uh, number one, the new drinkers that are coming out aren't consuming as much. Well, sure. Now that's a lot, ten percent alcohol beers. It's not ten percent alcohol <laughs> beers. Welcome to an age of uh, of um, you know, to be serious, you know, opiate pills and marijuana is way more acceptable than it was ten fifteen years ago. You mean it's acceptable? Acceptable. Right. <laughs> it is legal now. Right. So now you have a legal, another legal drug that is uh, is you know some viewed as a healthier alternative to alcohol. So you're going to get your twenty one year old is going to go burn one and then have a beer. Whereas before they were having six or seven beers and then go burning one afterwards. So now I, I'm curious though because you're you're saying that a lot of this stuff is happening. You know, a lot of the statistics that are being gathered are happening at like the cash register at the local retailer. But we see here in Sonoma County, we see you know again to use the the fog belts, the you know the uh, list any one of a hundred of these things, right? The right. Barrel Brothers, the Old Redwoods, the you know the uh, and that's that is cutting into it for sure. The fu- the hen house. You have, I mean, look at this for example. Is you've got two thirty-two ounce cans in front of us from a from a craft retailer that you know in, whether you bought them or not is not the point. This is taking away from what you would buy on a local shelf at a at a major grocery store. And that's the point that I'm getting at. Is is I mean, how much of this slow up in craft beer sales? is just sort of like the slope in the retail centers versus at like the actual breweries. The number of breweries that are opening, is that creating a void at the retail level? Yes, it is contributing to it. So in some ways, I guess. Well, it's chicken has fallen the egg, right? So now you've got more breweries. You have more, not only at the, at let's talk about that national retailer. You have more, more options than ever before and more styles of beer than ever before. But now you also have this small little pocket of places that, Sell their beer, but they don't sell it on a national level, so you can only buy it at their local regional location. Sure, right. So that's going to take away from the the dollars spent at a major chain or a major store. But it's trackable. So I, maybe it's skewed because we live here, but I know that any anybody would go to Fog Belt or Hen House or whatever to get what they like from those guys. I don't know anyone that's going to Safeway. To, you know what I mean? To like find those things. No, but I mean, if you're so if you if you are having a party, you go to Fog Belt to buy a bunch of those beers, or you go to Safeway buy a twelve pack or a case or something else. You go to Costco, you go to right. Well, to get a yeah, but it, so but, this is, but if it's a specific brand that you like or a brewery that you like that you oh, know is not sure. going to yeah, be at you, Safeway, if you've, correct. But uh, you know, you look when you look. Well, at, although like, they've done better with they have like a section now, but you know that wasn't the case not that long ago. Correct. The thing is, is when you you're talking about someone who's you know, driving somewhere to consume on site and take something away. Those same people. So let's just say Fog Belt didn't have their to go growlers, can growlers, whatever. Right. They'd have a couple pints there. They'd probably stop off at a liquor store on the way home, get a six pack, head home. It's cold. It's ready. They'd have a couple more at home or on the weekend or whatever the case may be. Uh, now, what you're finding is that you have the to go option at these breweries and they're taking away that last step of going to retail. They're mm-hmm. still buying it and there's, it's just not. A, it's not trackable on a national scale, which is fine. We don't necessarily need to see all the information, but at the same time, it's that's that's part that's playing a factor. If you need all the information, you just call Facebook. Has it? They yes, all it. it's true. They just, it's they true. Just give it to you and Google Maps because they found the Millennium Falcon. I saw. Uh, that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I mean, you've got these you know competing factors. Then you have a higher alcohol beer, right? So now the average for a uh, craft beer right now is roughly hovering around seven and a half to eight percent. 
Whereas six years ago, you know, you're talking six, five and a half to six. So the pendulum scale, everything's being ramped up. People can, well, naturally, if you have more alcohol, they're going to consume less. Right. So that's a problem. I would think the pendulum is now swinging back. It probably. is. It's swinging back the other way. We've hit the, we hit the peak about two years ago uh, when they had, you know, when this was when double IPAs and triple IPAs were the thing. Uh, now you're everything on the backswing and everyone's starting to realize that, you know, quality craft loggers, uh, pilsners and everything in between, whether you call it a session or anything else, um, you know, it's now becoming more popular and more obvious towards and in, in business models. It makes sense to break to essentially you're selling something that tastes it tastes like a craft beer. It has less alcohol. Therefore, you will probably drink more of it. So we actually we have a, a little bit of a market research opportunity right now. I mean, Daniel, since we've done we started doing beer thirty here on the radio, we uh, we feel like your palate has changed uh, when you're has. going to the store now. Or, I mean, are you even buying beers at the store? You know, at the grocery store or whatever. Or we you, do. And so, yeah. what are you reaching for now versus say like last year at this time? Well, to be totally honest, my wife has been on this beer train a lot longer than I have. So. She get her had, in here now. So she yeah. <laughs> call so, her up. Yeah. <laughs> she really should be doing this. Uh, but she she would always go and buy the beer, and I would just try whatever she bought, and I liked it, I didn't like it, whatever. Um, but I think that uh, you know we, I think we typically go to the breweries that we like the best and get growlers and things like that. If we're gonna have like friends over, or we're going to have, I live in a cul-de-sac, and we have a lot of cul-de-sac parties. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of. Oh, I'll go to Fog Belt. You'll go to blah blah. You we'll know do that in our neighborhood too. That's yeah. a cool way to do it. And and then you no, put them is. in, a, in you know, put them in ice chest or whatever, and then you got them. Um, but that's not to say that we don't also go to Costco and grab you know a twelver of whatever. Um, but it's never Costco doesn't sell twelve of anything. Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's 12, 100, twelve packs of twelve. One hundred and forty four. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was, <laughs> they're like go to Costco and buy a brewery. Yeah, and yeah, then right. bring it home. <laughs> I just well picked up 12 breweries today yeah. Yeah. as a 12-er. Um, so I guess to answer your question, uh, my taste has – was the question, has my taste changed? Well, so kinda, it was not – it was kind of I that your taste off. changed. But the point – you know, Ben – the point Ben was making was that the pendulum has shifted. And I would just kind of see, like, you know, you're – like, we do this show. Yeah. But, like, on most levels, I would say that you're, like, a casual beer drinker. So what is your – like, where is your, you know, your preference lying at the moment? So, but I've always – even – as a casual beer drinker was never a Bud Light, Coors Light, whatever guy. Fair. You know yeah. what I mean? So so I always kind of went toward this area anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you always lived and kind of gravitated towards this regardless of absolutely. what's been trending. Yes. You've already lived there. I will there. say that my were... personal taste has trended more to IPAs and stuff just because we've been having them. And things I used to think were gross and bitter – now I'm like, I want that bite. I'm looking forward to that bite. I want that. Right. The dry, now, yeah, sure. Right? You sure. know, so, um, so I, that's that's kind of where we're at now. But no, I, I think that when we go to a grocery store or a, a chain store, where I'm, I'll check out the craft beer section obviously before I go to, down the aisle and find something else. Right. For sure. So circling back here, you know, we tasted this guava trees from Calgary. We have another one that we're going to taste here in a second. Um, you know, you. Your your point that you're sort of starting to make here is that what that breweries are you were going to see more breweries trying stuff like this. Well, I think sure I think relevant or well, what? I think you know. So literally, I had this conversation with some uh, coworkers or you know international coworkers today, just talking about like innovation in beer, right? So that's you know what think about 
the first time you tasted like fresh squeezed IPA, right? Before, you know, the IPA. So if you look at the, the evolution of, of craft beer, especially in California, uh, you look at the way okay, it was, you were known when you came out, you know, when, when craft beer was a thing, when it start, first started becoming a thing, it was Sierra Nevada and Sam Adams. Those are your two options. Yeah. Maybe Pete's Wicked Ale. Oh, Jim Cook. Right. People wanted like a pale ale and they said, okay, because they wanted to gravitate away from, I want more than what Bud and, and Miller and Coors can do. So they were seeking more. They wanted more flavor. They weren't necessarily asking for more alcohol. That was just a, that was just a byproduct of what they, how the beer was made. So now they say, okay, they got the pale ale, and they want a little bit more. And so then IPAs came out and made a big boom because you have a, a much larger capacity in which you can create bitterness. And you have, then you create double IPAs and higher alcohol, and you're playing with fermentable sugars and all of those things. Where that really wasn't pale ale is not an experimental series. Pale ale is pretty straightforward. Right. So now you have these IPAs, and then how do you change IPAs? What What's next? Someone wants more. Dem- the, the consumer demands more. So now you add citrus. You infuse citrus into it because it's the most approachable, easiest thing to add to beer. Sure, because there's a like a very direct line to draw Correct. from a flavor standpoint. And it's light. It's approachable. It's not offensive. You know, if they said, hey, we're going to start instead of – imagine if they went with onions instead of citrus. Right, it's you know, flavors of onions are very predominant. <laughs> not to completely grind the things. Just have you ever seen the video of the kid that swears that she's eating an apple, and the mom's like, "No, go ahead, eat it." And it's an onion. Yes. And she like the kid keeps eating it to try and just prove the point. <laughs> it's the funniest thing ever. Nice. Uh, I had a, I had a friend recently who's a home brewer, um, who who was making the uh, point that um, the reason why craft beer went to some of these bigger IPAs first is because American craft brewers like on mass. Not, you know, your, your Sierra Nevada's, your Lagunitas, some of these guys that have been doing it for longer. But as sort of the, the craft brew, you know, movement in America reached critical mass that this, that the, the, the general brewer, it's easier to brew like a big, sticky, high alcohol IPA and hide some of your flaws. Yes. So, we talked about that before. So yeah. he, his point is that we're moving away from that not, he goes, it's driven by retail because restaurants and bars will want to sell five beers and not two. Or two beers and not one, uh, but he said it also is that the American craft brewer is getting better. So you're right. seeing, like, sort of a more of like the paths diverging into right. like what we're having here from Cali Craft, or you know the what was you know session IPAs, but really they're just hoppy pale ales, right? You know that yeah. type of thing. People, you know. uh, we I said it on the podcast several times uh, that you know a, a true brewer, you know, you can you know a lager or a Kolsch or these flavors that you cannot hide behind dry hopping right. or or you know because the, the hopping process you can do it at multiple stages of the brew and you can hide your whether it's water balance you can hide some of the the characteristics that you wish to not be prevalent you want to bomb it with a super super sticky or super super bitter hop could it be that you you have an idea for something and you make it and then you try it and you're like oh no this is right. not this is Absolutely. not what we thought Go get the hops. Well, that's you know that's really a lot it. of you know we, the, the story. I mean, we've we've talked about this before. But that's really essentially how brown sugar right was invented. It was a barley wine that went bad. The, you know, it, it didn't come to fruition. Add sugar, add you know really raw brown sugar to it, and see what happens, and yeah. let science take over. Um, and you come up with something different because at that time you can't you can't afford to throw a batch of beer away. You just can't. Yeah. It's just it's not in the books. So you have to make the best of it. Um, that one worked out. Right. It, yeah. It seemed to work out for them. <laughs> Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, you look at, at uh, these styles, like the citrus styles, right? So that's, okay, what's next? So after citrus, everyone's done something citrus. Everybody's done sure, it. Sure. Like, because it's, it's, again, it's what retail demands. But now you're getting, you're getting people who are, A, more, the information is now at our fingertips more than ever. 
Uh, brewers are getting better at their craft, and they're they're also science has taken an immense leap in brewing, and it's gonna become so before you where it was like throw a little bit of this. Sometimes you write down your recipes, and you can ask our resident home brewer. Right. Because he's written down all of his recipes and tweaks. No way. But he's made a great beer by throwing a little bit of this, adding this. It becomes like a stew. Well, and right? it, you I, pepper it to taste, and you kind of let it keep going. I think the really interesting thing about that is that you know the original beer styles, right? The Bavarian styles, the Belgian styles, or whatever, are created and they exist because of the, you know, what was available to them, right? The water, you know, like the original Goza is from you know South Germany, right? right? The water, like they used seawater, right? And so that's got this salty. Well, that, you know, and then also too their their seasonality. They right. brewed beer depending on how it was going to be. Loggers, yeah. yeah, loggers. They did in the winter because they best could... beers, Meritsons, All of those beers have a backbone depending on what time of year you'll be drinking it, not when you're making it. And so, American craft brewers for the longest time were at the mercy of you know what their water was and what uh, you know what hops were available. And now they're still kind of at the mercy of what hops were available because there's you know the quote unquote shortage. It's why you see so many experimental hops now because it's just let's just gravitate towards what we have. But to your point about the science, it's like these guys can turn you know, regular tap water into Belgian seawater with the, uh, with, you know, a couple of droppers, you know, they can do whatever they want. And so that's a really exciting, I mean, and also too, like a lot of times to use your point, like the, the experimental hop, it's now a lot of beer is backward engineered around what hops are, can be available. And then, okay, how do we, how do we reverse engineer this beer to make sure the hop that we once had now that we don't available to that, we can use a different hop and try to make the beer as close as possible. Right. Because to where the tour there, you know, someone, you know, Someone like Danny, myself, or even someone as advanced palate as yours could not tell the difference. And, you know, that's interesting that that sounds like a, uh, <laughs> that sounds like a, uh, my palate's been shot ever since I got poison oak. Something the, uh, you know, like that large brewers are dealing with because they have a consistency issue where like some of the lo- smaller guys, local guys can go, oh yeah, no, this is the, you know, what was the, we just had the, uh, what was the one that we just had that would had the Neo Mexicanus in it? It wasn't the El Segundo. What was it? Uh, Ron Mexico. Yeah, the Ron Mexico. Like, oh, we can just, this is the hop that's available, so we'll just brew a beer, right, right. And, call, and call it this. Because we don't have, like, a, we don't have a responsibility to the person that's in, you know, Kansas City. It's actually a great beer town. But, um, you know, in middle America that doesn't, you know, that expects the Lagunese IPA to taste the same way all the time. Right. There's not a responsibility for the local small brewer whose sphere of influence is only so big. You know, to be able to follow up with those things, and uh, you know, and believe it or not, the you know the the larger macro scale you are, the harder it is to perfect that beer. So oh, yeah, you know, I get like you know, you mentioned like you're not a big fan of the Coors and Miller and all that stuff. And that's fine, but I tell you what, it takes a lot of science and a lot of to to get that consistency on a regular basis. Oh, I'm sure it's unbelievable. Like everyone yeah. discredits as just being shit beer, right? But the amount of just because they brew a lot of it. But it takes so much to get that beer perfect, and it all starts with Brewers water. will all tell you. They will all tell you that that is one of the greatest accomplishments of American beer is that they've been able to – because, you know, I would, we could argue that it is or it is not crappy beer. But to be able to keep it consistently crappy is a real achievement. Yeah. I try to make things consistently crappy all the time on the radio, and <laughs> yeah. it's not easy. Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 11, 97.7 The River. It's not easy. All right, let's Let taste this other guy we got going on let's right Let's do here. it. Man, I like that they pitched in for air conditioning in this place. Could you do it? It's here. It's come on three times since we've been on the radio. It has? Yeah. I can turn. I, it's in another room. Oh, come on. <laughs> I got rosé all over my hands. So it's a millennial. You sound like my grandmother. Um, do you, can you guys real quick no. give give me, uh, what was this first one called? It's called Guava Trees. Guava Trees. Yep. You're a thumbs up? 
Yeah, I'm I, I'm a thumbs up. I, I, I like I said, I wouldn't necessarily reach for multiple pints of this. I definitely recommend trying it. And uh, I think they achieve what they wanted to accomplish. I think it's great. Great. I'm you know, I'm 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 double thumbs up, two thumbs up on this. I think the style was so interesting. I am am blown away at the complexity of this beer. Okay. All right. I'm going thumbs up. I like it. I liked it. Beautiful. There you go. All right. Beautiful. I just want to make sure I had that. Yeah, you know, because this and, whole thing. Uh, this if you whole want to hear this in all our other episodes, check us out <laughs> yeah. at 97 River of the Cone. Yeah, because, <laughs> because this whole thing was designed for Beer 30 and not for Sports Beast Beer Podcast. We've hijacked the studio yeah. like those idiots and airheads. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Brendan Fraser. I'm Brendan Fraser. He's Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'm, so I wrote a note here, and I'll email it to you. That means you're Adam Sandler. Of the time that that Uh-oh. just happened, so that you can take it out if you want. You smell that? Popcorn. You say it. This is the rose one. You get that diacetyl buttery. Which also, so yeah, so this is the rose. So this is this is fifty uh, percent oat, fifty percent oat, and fifty percent two row malt, and then it's three hundred pounds of zin, seventy five pounds of dark cherries, oh, yeah. seventy five. It's the zin and the cherries that you get. It make they don't mix well together. Seventy five pounds of regular cherries, and then a hundred pounds of raspberries. Oh, I the ra- I taste the raspberries for sure. You but get, like, the dark cherry. The really, 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 like... It just smells like a movie theater. It does. I, for some reason, I'm, I'm, I got stuffed up since I've been in here. Um, so I, my, my my sniffer isn't as good as it was. See that or all the cocaine I did earlier. Kidding. I usually clear. maintaining pretty solid structure for doing that amount of cocaine. Yeah. It's all, it's usually you get pretty, I learned from Michael Irvin. Usually you get pretty cleared up because you get an extra nostril. Out of doing so much coke. It's in your mouth, but <laughs> yeah, dude, the bu- I can't shake the butter popcorn thing. The chair? No, I'm I'm past that now. I think that's all in the it was all in the foam in the head. But once you get into the liquid, it's it's dark cherry and the raspberry is it's almost like a um like a, a frambose beer. Oh yeah, it's I can see that a frambosen style beer. It's it doesn't taste like beer at all. No, no, this again. This, this is. is uh, this, this is like sh- it's champagne-y. It's spiked cranberry juice. Well, think about if you asked for like a craft raspberry juice. You, you mentioned earlier like the spiked waters, right? Mm-hmm. So, without saying too many names, those are all malt derivatives, right? right? So, you when you say like Smirnoff Ice, Mike's Lemonade, or Old English, those are all malt-based beers, right? Okay, this <laughs> tastes like a craft version of a Mike's raspberry. Mm-hmm. Right, so yeah. you're getting it's it's a it's a be- you know it's a beer, right? We've been told it's a beer. You get better flavor, you get real flavor, not the sugary alternatives mm-hmm. and sweeteners. You get real; it tastes like real fruit, but it has a really. I mean, this is. I tell you right now, this like if this in a, on a boat somewhere, like sailing on in the open sun would be like fucking refreshing. Catalina wine mixer, maybe. Oh, there you go. Sorry for the f bomb. So, um, so no, this would be super super refreshing. So the aroma, you're right. Once the head dies, right, it and really... that also could be the plastic too. The okay, one with the plastic. So when we first got this, it tasted it's it smelled to me like a movie theater. I just got that buttery popcorn, like diacetyl. Do you know what I, you know what I always draw back to when we when I smell that is that time that we were podcasting at Smoke Kin Smoke and we had the um, light me up loggers. Yes. And it was like, oh, my God. It was like drinking the bottom of like a movie theater can. It was yeah. so bad. And <laughs> it I was can't... a bad batch. It was, and it, it was literally like there was nothing because we tried 
to paint a picture, we tried like other beers from the same case, same batch number, and they were totally fine. We basically it was just uh, the one. We figured out no, it was like the six on the outside had must have been sitting in the sun, sun and got yeah. heat struck. It was disgusting. It was brutal. It was. It was one of those things. I'm like, well, because you know, here, you know, at the time, it's a brand that I was selling. Time that Brad was just like we just kind of picked it up and it was kind of hot and fun and we you know enjoying it. Um, and all of a sudden we taste it, we're both like look at each other, we're like this something's wrong, Uh-oh. something is wrong. <laughs> and it's, that's an instant flavor, just like you know, like in food when you have something that curdles your stomach, you can tell instantly you're going to get sick. Yeah. It was the same way. As soon as you took a sip, you're like, oh, the, bottom, the bottom's dropping out right now. Uh, I, mean, I bet you know what I, I, this thing over some ice. With like a little bit of fruit garnish would be would be amazing. There is. It's interesting that you say that. There, this is. There's got. It's like a carbonated like sangria kind of thing going on. Yeah. There. Yeah. Very there you much go. So. There you um, go. Oof, that's a a six point five sangria, which is, makes it super slammable. You're drinking that. Yeah. Well, the carbonation level on this is really nice, which I think helps. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If this was. If this had less carbonation, it would be terrible. Yeah, because I think it like the zin aspect of this, and again the rosé yeast. I think really like, really could make this a really cloying like, just too funky, right? Right, and the effervescence in this is really nice, and then you know the tartness from the cherry and the raspberry I think is great. It's it's uh, again, I will say that I mean they're I'm pretty impressed. I I, I liked Cali Craft's Kolsch. I haven't divin divin dove into their selections as much, but these two are super complex flavors, and they're both. The nice thing is they're fruity. And refreshing, but not like, not over the top. Man, most people, if you if you uh, like your Corona without a lime, you're gonna hate this beer. Right? No fruit for your beer, kind of thing. But it's one of those things where this is like, if you can take a step back and get aside from it being a fruity beer and understand like how just how clean the flavors are, the quality of the raspberry, the quality of the cherry, the true flavors you get from from real fruit, not from a a. Uh, any kind of uh, elixir or sweetener, artificial flavors, it's awesome. You know, I I know based on the way that this story kind of started, it sounds like, oh, well, Brad got to know this guy, so they're just, re- you know, they're reviewing the beers for, you know, to help them out. They like it because they're buddies. That's how we do our podcast. Yeah, how do you right. think we get free beer? No, no, no. But my point is, is that, like, they... It's delicious. You know, like, they no. have swung and miss. keep rolling in, Tannycraft. <laughs> they have swung and missed on some of their, like, more experimental type things, right? I mean, the Berserkly thing is cool, but they used to sell it in 750... 750 milliliter bottles is way too much for a beer like that. Like who's, you know, and they, they've gone down to the 12 ounce bottles again. You know, their Oaktown Brown is good. The city IPA is fine. Well, the only thing that makes, the the rocking. That makes these like in this 32 ounce vessel. Right. So think about it. This was a growler. It might be too much liquid to consume all at once. This, you know, 32 ounce. If you are at a block party Mm -hmm. or if you are at a barbecue, like think about your Memorial Day barbecue, right? Located at uh, just kidding. yeah right. <laughs> um, if you're at that if you're at that barbecue, yeah, you know, and, and, if, and you're uh, you pour this over ice or whatever your whatever your vessel of choice is, and you just have it, you know, you have a drink and have fun. Like this is a great like outdoor barbecue party fun day beer. Like it's an all day drinking beer um, because it doesn't taste like you're drinking beer. But if I can go back to and what we call on radio a recall to earlier total, total recall, recall? Uh, not a total recall it's like halfway recall get into um, the chopper <laughs> that, that i think that if someone's gonna have this and you're at a block party you need to hold their hand and let them know but to your point what like you said be. you're called yeah. a sack party yeah right if you're it's, it's a conversation starter for it's, sure look what i got it's one of those things where Check so like I, I know like at our like at our block party like we do something for july 4th uh, every year 
if I had access to this and let's say a case of beer, right? And my wife was super fanatical about it, and she would say, wait, do you like sangria? Do you like this? Right. You need to try this, right? right? And hand it over to somebody. But you can't be like, here's this new beer I have. No, but like, think about you know what yeah. you said. You, That's true. You and your wife seek out your, the beers you want at the breweries you want, and you bring them home to right. share with everybody, but also to enjoy yourself. Yeah. So this is one of those beers that you had it. You're going to be like, oh, my God, this is what I need. For this next party, we got to go to their house, and we're going to bring this mm-hmm. a can for them, a can for me, and you can sit and drink this all, yeah. you know, all evening long, and still, you know, at six point five, you're going to maintain well just, and not be out of your mind. I can totally. tell you this: so you're going to want to make sure you drink a lot of water because the yeast in this thing is going to give you a it's, headache. <laughs> it is the I already feel in my mouth like the drying out yeah. between both of these. Um, it's, it's yeah. I do like I the. Like, I feel the need to buy a minivan. And I do like the malt, the malt bill that they, they used oats. For it as well, it gives it, it the mouthfeel helps for sure. It's a it's a nice creamy mouthfeel. I, I think this, I I like this better than the other one, uh, for sure. Which is not the way I thought this would go. By no. the way, um, I do cool, too. Man. This is um, like I said, this is like a craft version of like a Mike's Hard Lemonade, right? And I get it's uh, the funniest thing. I get a craving, literally once a year, for a like aim for a Mike's Lemonade or Smirnoff Ice, just one Ooh. once a year. I don't know what it is. It's right around June, July. It's imparted in my brain. We're really getting into your soul right now. <laughs> oh, for sure. But it's one of those things where I just, all of a sudden I'll be like, you know what sounds great? You know what else? You know, and it's another guilty pleasure. is like Red's Apple Ale. Why that makes sense, it doesn't. But it del- is one of those. Yeah, I get Like it. out on the golf course or whatever. It's just, it, it's refreshing Dude, and delicious. So we went, this is a few years ago now, we went, we sat in the uh, the Miller Coors uh, suite at a Giants game. We went, it was a day game. It was like Giants Braves, I think. And we sat up there, and we had all these beers in the van driving down, and we crushed, like, all the IPAs and Miller Lights and everything else, and the only thing that was left were the Red's Apple Ales <laughs> on the right back. And I was like, Red's Apple Ale, what a bunch of crap this is. Guess who had a Red's Apple Ale headache in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. oh, Red, you got me again. <laughs> Too good. No, but I will say, like, this, uh, yeah, it's surprisingly, surprisingly good. It does not. You know, the only I would say the only drawback is it doesn't taste like beer. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's a pro, it's a con. It's one of those things like it's if you're looking for something different again. I think like you said, if you set it up, you right. set it up to somebody and tell them what it is, right. They'll enjoy it or or not. In the same but. way, it, it, just like I said, you know, the, with the sparkling wine before, I could feel like you could say, Hey, would you like something like a Bellini? Would you like a you know a and don't tell them it's beer, you tell them this is a a sparkling champagne drink? Mm-hmm. No one yeah. would know the difference and right. they would enjoy it. And then you'd rip off your mask, you'd be Aston Kutcher, and you'd say, ah, I gotcha, you've been punked. It's uh, beer. Oliver's Market does a really cool thing where you can build your own six-pack. If you see this kind of stuff, uh, I would recommend picking and choosing through some of this stuff to build your own six-pack. Yes. It's a great way to get through some of what these guys have accomplished. It's, um, you know, That way you don't feel like you're diving right into a six-pack of something that you're unsure of. For sure. Um, and, sing- yeah, single-can commitment, you know, it's low commitment, and it's experimental. That's why, they- that's why this category exists. And it, don't do the same. If it's on the same note, if there's a build your own uh, yogurt bar at Oliver's, I'd be careful of what yogurt you're putting in your cart. Reference episode sixty of the podcast. Right. <laughs> With him. Another recall. Right. That was a total recall. <laughs> the Calicraft, well done. We uh, salute you on the efforts you've put forth here. These beers are uh, are are awesome. I think they've they have. Uh... I am surprised. Yeah. I. Not quite Which taken is, aback, but I am impressed. A, that's an I look forward to the next sampling. It's an accomplishment. 
All right, that's Beer 30. You can check their <laughs> podcast out on <laughs> Stitcher and iTunes. Don't forget the $10 Jack in the Box gift cards. They're 20, Ben. For God's sakes, we've been doing it for a year. All right, Lauren's on the way next. Uh, <laughs> Lauren Marks. <laughs> Literally, she's actually coming in in a minute. Yeah. We've been here forever. Oh. Sports Meets Beer podcast is brought to you by Advanced Auto Glass and Detail. Advanced Auto Glass and Detail is committed to providing you with the highest quality premium glass products and a professional installation by certified technicians. They are experienced in every aspect of glass replacement or repair, offering factory replacement or a premium aftermarket upgrade. They even deal with those annoying windshield rock chips that show up out of nowhere. They offer free local mobile service and offer a full warranty on all workmanship for as long as you own your vehicle. And across the street at Advanced Detail, they specialize in cars, trucks, vans, RVs, boats, show cars, trailers, and more. They are a full-service auto detailing shop, offering exterior wash, polish and wax, interior vacuum, shampoo, trim detail, and even smoke and odor removal. Water spot and scratch removal, paintless dent repair, it's all available at Advanced Auto Glass in detail. Advanced Auto Glass, look for the purple building at 2460 Santa Rosa Avenue. And right across the street is Advanced Auto Detail at 2549 Santa Rosa Avenue. Advanced Auto Glass, 707-526-5700. Advanced Auto Detail, 707-526-2200. Let Advanced Auto Glass in Detail take care of all of your automotive needs. 97.7 The River. It's Beer 30 with The Danny Wright Show. All right, their podcast is called Sports Meets Beer, and you can find it on iTunes and Stitcher. They're on Facebook and Twitter. Brad and Ben from Sports Meets Beer back in the studio. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Danny. Good morning. Well, we're going to try some beer here in the studio. What today is that? What is that? Uh, That, my friend, is uh, from up in the north region of Sonoma County, a little town Ah. called Cloverdale. Ah, yes. This is from uh, Ruth McGowan's Brew Pub up there, otherwise known as uh, Cloverdale Ale. Uh, they do a series of beers. They are uh, probably best known uh, just for their for their main Cloverdale Ale. That's that was that kind of their kind of their iconic beer up there for quite a long time. Mm. Uh, this is a real light, real light beer. Um, you know the uh, we'll go through the AATMF. I want to uh, let you know quick. before you do that yes. that I use the AATMF. Yeah. At a at a friend's house, I was like, oh guys. Yeah. I've learned this new thing. <laughs> nice. Well, the uh, the AATMF, uh, we'll go through it again. It's the appearance, aroma, taste, mouthfeel, finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you go through, you, know, you want to obviously pour it into a, a beer clean glass is important. And with this one, you pour it out and you get a real hazy, um, unfiltered, but not quite. It's like in between filtered and unfiltered. Right, so you get a little haze and a little bit of, like you pointed out earlier when we first poured it out, There's some there's some sediment in the... In the beer, I just don't know that I've ever seen it like suspend in the beer like this. It's kind of like usually it settles. Yeah, like, usually it settles. It's like sea monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> so far, doing a great job of their business. <laughs> so the, uh, the yeah, but this is I mean this is really light in color, um, a little auburn to it, but not a ton. Um, I was a little disappointed that the head retention wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Kind of went down right away. Could be the fact that it's in plastic cups. Hard to say. Uh, the aroma on this, though, you know, you dive right in. I mean, you know, put your nose right into the glass when, you know, listeners at home. Um, if, if you're driving, then don't do that. No. Wait till you get home, please. Right. But, uh, no, the you know, you put your nose right into the glass and just give it a quick whiff and see see what you come up with. I, I get all malt 
no hops. Pretty pretty standard with a with a blonde ale. You're not going to get a. They make hoppy blondes out there. This one obviously didn't ask for that, but so yeah, I'm, I'm just getting a lot of malt and a lot of cereal grain. The cereal grain is it for me. I just it tastes or it smells like. Um, it smells like when you open up a like when you open up like a bag of Rice Krispies mm. or like a bag of Corn Flakes. Like I just get a lot of that same sort of smell. Um, See, we only eat Fruit Loops in my eyes. <laughs> All that unhealthy cereal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, you know the malt is there. I, <clears throat> the cereal grain was the first thing that got me. You know the you dip right into the taste, and um, you know the, the the aroma definitely matches the taste of this beer. You get it's cereal grain. Um, you know it's almost it's ricey. In flavor, like you, you refer to the Rice Krispies. Yeah, this this is uh, it's not really doing it for me. It's not quite as crisp and refreshing as I hoped it would be. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's definitely not like a dry finish. Carbonation level seems to be a little bit low. There's not a lot to it in terms of like trying to cut through some of that rich malt. I don't necessarily dislike it. I just uh, I yeah, like I wouldn't buy it again. <laughs> right. I, to me, this is it's, it's a good attempt. Um, but you know, really, and maybe this is granted. We also are drinking this out of a bottle. We didn't get it on draft, so maybe there is a little bit of a fresher, crisper beer that's to be available there. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe an, a, one more pass through filtration to get mm. some of that yeast out of the beer mm. might help. Because I think that yeast is offering a little, enhancing some of that bitterness. Uh. That probably help out tremendously. So then, is that a thumbs down for you? Is that yeah, your I'm, first thumbs down? Uh, I had a thumbs middle a while. You did have this a thumbs is my middle. first official thumbs down. I would pass on this one, but. Don't pass on the brand. They still offer. They still do good beers uh, up there. They're known for their fish and chips up there in that brew pub. Next time you're in Cloverdale, pop in, check it out, and get your own opinion. But I, I'm going to pass on this. <laughs> I'm going thumbs down here, too. I guess I'm the negative Nelly of the group. As this is my second thumbs down mm. in these segments. Uh, but I do In a actually, row, even. In a row. Yeah, actually. Back that's back. right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, but I do actually think the brand is pretty good. We carry uh, the citrus wheat in our... Uh, in, at the Publican up in Windsor, and uh, it goes well with our fish and chips as well, you backstabber. <laughs> I said while you're in Cloverdale. When you're in the town of Windsor, you definitely should go by the Publican and check out their fish and chips. Uh, but I do know that they put together some pretty great beers. This one just doesn't feel like one of them to me, so thumbs down for me. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to pull a thumbs middle, because I, I, I like it. I just, the carbonate, the carbonation thing bothers me. I don't know why that. That is so much, but it's it's honestly one of our one of the first things we comment on when yeah. we and we we tried we had we recorded our show the other day and one of the beers we poured out was super bright in color and you could just see the the carbonation bubbles popping on the glass yeah. like it was like that looks it draws you in yeah for it's sure your, you 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 eat with your eyes and your nose long before mm-hmm. your taste buds and that's one of those things that are super appealing is carbonation bubbles. all right so two thumbs down and a thumbs middle <laughs> whoa. <laughs> Yikes! That was like an evil mastermind. We're starting to get, we're starting to get kind of like serious here, guys. Yeah. This is like uh, you can catch their podcast, Sports Meets Beer, on iTunes, Stitcher. You can find them on Facebook and Twitter, and you can check out all of our past beer thirties at nine seven seven theriver Just click on Beer Thirty. It's Brad and Ben from Sports Meets Beer. Thank you so much. Thanks, Danny.